Good morning, people of the internet. You're listening to Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, a podcast where we discuss the movie Gross Point Blank, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Dev Sodega. And I'm the other co-host, Hugh David. And with us today and all this week, while we are looking at the various minutes we're looking at, is, of course, Leslie Byron Pitt, podcaster, broadcaster and film critic. Welcome. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. What about yourself? Yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Today we are looking at minute 47. We are at the Hippo Club in Gross Point, Michigan, and we are eavesdropping on our lead characters, Martin and Debbie, having the return match, the date that brings them back together. Is it a first date? No. Is it a second date? Well, they've, date, they've been dating before. This is a weird, weird situation to be sitting in on, but we get to be in on it. Prime seats of the house. So... it. It's a much more intimate version of the conversation that like everybody is having, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has come back from the ten year high for their ten year high school reunion, hasn't seen anybody for ten years. This is a small town, so that's probably straight up not true. But um, you know, everybody's having that conversation of how have you been? What have you been up to? How successful were you? How much money are you now making? Do I give a shit about you? Um, mm. are you cool now? Uh, mm. all all of those subtext questions, but mm. this is like for the two people where the answers really really matter for each other right yes. this is not a i'm gonna see you once we're gonna pretend that we're gonna stay in touch and we're gonna never see each other again kind of casual acquaintance this is like this is make or break and i think especially that resonates for martin i mean one of the things i i kind of put down in my notes like this is what filmmaking is in like capital letters <laughs> and that's such a re- less comment sorry <laughs> <laughs> The reason the reason why I say that is because when we look at this minute, it's pretty like you get. And I, I, was, I was I was saying it to my wife beforehand. I was like, "This is you know what we used to what we kind of used to do in in film studies at university or anything else like that, where you would do like a shot for shot analysis or, or anything else like that." And what you see here is actually just a simple. It's pretty much a simple two shot yep. at first, kind of. The alchemy comes in just the positioning of the camera, so it's slightly distanced. Cut to when they start asking the questions that are really starting to penetrate them, it gets closer. And it's such a small, simple action, simple thing to do. But once they get, once the camera goes in and it's a little bit closer, and you, they can't escape over the shoulder or anything else like that, you can you can sense the intimacy. And the performances are the performances, and they're top notch and they're great. But it is just certain things like that is stuff that I feel that is so missing from modern filmmaking, where it's like, okay, we want to do intimacy, we want to do something, we want to ha- make sure that these guys are in love, we want to do this, or we want to show distance, we want to do that, and it's just. It is such a simple thing to just go, right, we're going to position the camera a little bit closer yeah. when they ask certain questions. And the dialogue does a lot of work here. The performances do a lot of work here. But that is just the, the icing on the cake of just turning around and just going, I'm, I've am i got this camera in this position for a reason and now I'm doing this for a reason and then I'm doing this. And, this, and at the end of this, at the end of this minute, something comes and disrupts that and once you really once you're watching these two people go from a certain distance to very close in between each other and then there's a disruption it goes back to that distance again and they've lost it that spell kind of breaks yep 
and you only know like it, it, it's such a nerdy film thing thing to kind of look out for but yeah. it is how films work that's what you look for films to do yeah and and, and it's like, noticeable even if you're not thinking of it as a film critic right the reason that this conversation which is completely banal in what is otherwise largely an action movie engages you is because it's about those details because those the camera work builds that tension for you really gets you invested in it and then you've got the break which we'll unfortunately have to wait until tomorrow to talk about (laughs) but um it's it's amazing right this is this is where writing is all about the details filmmaking is all about the structure and the composition and and the acting plays into this right like we've mentioned before how real the chemistry between John Cusack and and Minnie Driver is in this film how it really really sells so in the previous episode I have uh mentioned the fact as you say Dev about uh the chemistry here and the intensity and I mentioned that um we I I hadn't realized and in hindsight it's obvious that uh, Cusack has a habit of dating his co-stars in this particular early era. Not nothing big, nothing wrong with that at all. It's just it just plays into my understanding of the intensity. And here it's really, really apparent. There is something so genuine about the way Driver's looking at him. That mm. it, like it goes beyond acting. Is my feeling. That's that's my feeling. I feel like it, yes, it's acting, but you can see. I mean, it's because of the choices that Armitage makes in the editing to like les your point about the back and forth of the camera the push in on the 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 moment where he cuts in on her and she's in a close-up whereas before she wasn't when he cuts back to cusack cusack's still at the same distance he doesn't go cusack close up for a little bit longer she gets that moment and the moment is so is her is, is purely physical it's not verbal it's her reacting to something he said and i keep thinking to myself that's i you know this is either the phenomenal acting or this is because she genuinely is kind of having that vibe, the date vibe, and enjoying the moment. And Armitage knew we got to, we caught that, we got to cap- capture that and keep that in the in the sequence. But also some of the things that Cusack's doing, some of his visual ticks, we've seen him before. We see him after this film in other films. Do it. We've seen it before, and it's that kind of thing he's got about making himself look a little bit more. You know, he cuts his height down. Right, he's physically mm. going like this, and he's trying to uh, to 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 lower himself and be more charming. And, and his face is much more open. Sunglasses are off. He's pushed the hair out of the way. You know, he's much more kind of trying to make himself appealing. He he builds a rapport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is, I mean, we should have mentioned it in the the minute before. Mm. Um, but there's a beautiful bit in the in the conversation in that minute before where there's a phone call, well, obviously they're having a phone call and having a phone conversation. When Minnie Driver's Debbie picks it up and realises it's Martin, first thing she does is she pulls her um, jumper closer. Yes. And she guards yes. Yeah. Yes. And, it's, and, and this is the thing. I, these are, this is acting that we, I think we take for granted and is operating on firing on all cylinders. Yes, um, because it's that thing on where she hears she hears his voice. She finds out who he is, and she's like, "Bang!" puts it in there. Then we get to this minute, and the and then the, the camera work and everything else like that. And like you said, there is this moment where he asks her something, and it's it's he asks her about her 
ex-husband. And that's when it cuts to the, cuts to um, the close-up, and that's when it gets it really starts to permeate and, and kind of penetrate. And and then you can see as it gets to that really when it gets to the tighter close-ups, that's when the defenses break down. And that's yeah. it's again like Dev says, you don't think about it, but mm. it's that's what it's doing. That's what I love about filmmaking mm. because. Mm. To do the way of doing that and the economy of how you do that is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I mean the other thing is that um, in keeping with his jittery, paranoid self from earlier, he does a whole little thing with the with the drinks when they arrive, positioning mm. them in certain ways, and she notices it. And she and as she carries on talking to him, she repositions her glass slightly, <laughs> and, and it's just like. Like I know I did not notice that the first time I saw it, probably, but I've noticed it several times since, and it's just again, it's the game playing between them, it's the way they relate to each other, it's her trying to figure him out. It's not unlike them swapping the seats in the radio seat in the radio station, you know, all this kind of thing. Um, but then on top, and then in addition to that, is her putting her finger on the pulse of the entire film. When she says, well, that was pretty psychotic, wasn't it? Mm. And he goes, and he doesn't, he responds physically. You know, he's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, he basically wants to say yes. <laughs> because that's the point of the entire film. Yes. And I just, I just love that. I love the fact that we're, that's how quick and smart Debbie is, but also how well she knows him. Yeah is that she realises straight away that the guy she knew at school, that was possible. She doesn't think it's possible, which is why she says, surely that's not. And then you can just kind of see the realisation sinking in. Mm. Um, And that's the essence of the film. You know, the kind of, what what do you do when you realise you're that guy? (laughs) (laughs) Do you go and pick the girl up and go to the ball, you know, and risk, you know, causing a fight and beating the living hell out of somebody at the ball? Or... (laughs) I mean, that's the other... Oh, my God, yeah. That's the other piece of ironic foreshadowing, isn't it? Isn't it? Because if he'd gone to the ball originally, what we see in this film eventually is probably what would have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Just whoever was annoying him back then, that's what would have probably gone down. And actually, by avoiding it, you know, history has eventually repeated itself, whether you like it or not, just for different reasons. That's... Really sweet. Sorry, I've just now that that has hit me, that is a really, really sweet piece of cyclical he's, writing. He's just building. living out the prophecy of an oracle at Delphi, right? Precisely, right? Yeah. That's so yeah. Doesn't good. matter what you do, it's still going to happen. And that's beautiful, yeah. man. I had, I can't believe. Uh, well, you know, the only reason this is, I spotted it this time is I've been spent the entire week finishing up teaching to Romeo and Juliet. So it's like <laughs> my brain is in Shakespeare land, and I'm just like. <sighs> But yeah, it's a great little scene. And also it's very noir. I like the way the club looks. The club looks very much like a different era. A very 40s era. You come out of the grifters, you know. Yeah. And and I also, I want to talk a little bit about the musical choices in this, Mm -hmm. but I think maybe let's leave that for the next minute. Sounds good. Let's do that. We need to bring that up. That's a great, it's a great track. (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think we're we're gonna have some some good time to talk about that in the next minute. Let's okay. do that. Fantastic. Okay, folks, this was minute forty-seven of the Gross Point Bank Podcast, W Radio seventy-nine point five FM, featuring your co-hosts, co-writers, and co-producers, Dave Sodiger and Hugh David.
Today's guest was Leslie Byron Pitt, podcaster and film critic. Where can we find out more about you, Leslie? Yeah, sure. So you can find more about me. I mean, at the moment, um, the podcast I'm on is, uh, can't remember it for the life of me now, um, Fatal Attraction. Sorry, it's an erotic film um, film podcast, film thriller podcast, where we kind of break down all the thrillers from the 80s and 90s and, and what we love about them and what we hate about them. Awesome. Uh, you can also find us on all good podcast players, presumably like the one that you're listening to this on right now, uh, as well as on YouTube where you can actually see us. Uh, we have an account on X, formerly known as Twitter, as well as Spotify. And for all of those, it is at Debbie Radio. That is D-E-B-I Radio. Uh, and we are also have our own website, which is DebbieRadio.com. Again, D-E-B-I. And finally, if you want to talk to us, come and find us at the Facebook Listeners Group, which is once again Debbie Radio, D E B I Radio, 79.5 FM Fan Club. That's D E B I Radio. Sure was clear that all of this was new. Concentrating hard like a little girl, smoking for the first time. <laughs>